0: The flush.
1: So fast it hardly seems real. So vivid the moment freezes in time before erupting in a blur of spurs and feathers. It's why we change the way upland loads are built with Prairie Storm. Exclusive flight control FlexWad technology and a mix of copper-plated lead and flight stopper pellets combine to create dense deadly shot strains through any choke. Longer shots, more power, fewer missed birds. Only from Federal
2: This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Federal Ammunition, Onyx Hunt, Waltons, Nutrisource Pet Foods, Aluma Trailers, Grain Belt Premium Beer, North Dakota Tourism, and by the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association. Today we're going to recap a wild start to our hunting season. Scott Franzen and Bill Shirk are in the house. Between the three of us, we've hunted from Minnesota to Montana and places in between for pheasants, rough grouse, sharp-tailed grouse, woodcock and hungarian partridge we'll give you an honest report from the field celebrate a few hits and share plenty of life lessons learned in the field Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. I'm Travis Frank, I'll be one of your hosts today. I'm sitting here with my partners in television crime. Scott Franzen has his pinky up, holding the mic. Proper mic-
0: microphone etiquette is important, Travis. It's like
2: you're drinking a glass of wine mm. over there. Yeah. Well, so I drink my whiskey too.
0: Oh pinky sure, up. what is your whiskey of choice? I, you know, I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but I like a bourbon, a good bourbon is good. I've never refused one, let's put it that way. Okay, <laughs> and
2: Bill, what's yours? Rum. <laughs> 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 Bill Shirk is also in the house. Before we dive into the episode today and, and to talk about what we've learned in the field, look at this guy over here, Bill. You got one of those fancy vests with, the, with your name on it? No, it's just a walking billboard for the show. <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. I don't <laughs> see you guys repping. I'm ten-year. Reppin. I got a flush hat on. I need to see that in the field, Trav. You're wearing everybody else's stuff but ours. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm keeping... Keeping the lights on here, Keep I guess. Yes, <laughs> you are. Are you keeping the lights on so well, I can I gotta going. show the best for the folks. Yeah, can you, you guys yeah. see this? Everybody. Well, I'm seeing it now for the first time. I don't have one of those. He's the
1: Ron Burgundy of the upland <laughs> world. <laughs>
0: totally.
1: Yes, I am. Evers. I need everybody to quiet down for just one moment. <laughs> Oh my goodness! That's Man. a nice vest and a nice hat. They're matching colors. Yeah, my uh, whole outfit kind of matches. Did you it? dress
2: yourself today? Or did, did your did. wife do that? I no,
0: I dressed myself. My I I kind of got a grout fit on on the top though. That's why I put a little orange underneath there because it ties into the orange on the shirt. Sure, it all works. You, you know? know what
2: you need to do? I when you have a picture, there's like six glasses in the photo. I never <laughs> know which one. You, like, how do you know which one you're supposed to put on? Well, I always forget I have my cheaters on. <laughs> You got your cheaters, got cheaters. You got your sunglasses, <laughs> Bill. You got two on right now. Look at you
0: guys. Usually, I just have my sunglasses on, but then I I forget the cheaters are there. Then I see then I see the picture and I go, crap, I forgot the cheaters are. <laughs> <laughs> what we do? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you- I
1: could say the same thing about you.
2: Well, I don't have any sunglasses. No, I hope are wearing
1: gl- a set of headphones and inside those.
2: Oh yeah, hearing aids. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's a necessity. Well, I suppose. I suppose I, that's a necessity. I'm blind without to. my cheaters, man. I always tell. I have. I can spot something like two miles away, <laughs> but I can't hear you two feet away. Right. So that's my. You know, that's everything. how my eyes are. Yeah. yeah
0: well, same with my eyes. I can see it two miles away,
2: <laughs> two inches, and I in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Well, then you've got an out at least when you miss the birds out there, and I don't miss trail. Yeah, oh, right. Right. <laughs> Well, as long as we're talking about your fancy get-up over there, that's a nice Carhartt vest. It's got the Flush logo on it. Are you selling those? Are we yeah, selling Yeah, we're those? selling these. They're on the website.
0: All you got to do is go to the Flush website, click the store, and there's the vest, I think, comes in two different colors.
2: Then we've got the- What are the, the colors? Because that's a nice dark that's chocolate a gray. Gray-ish. And then I think yeah. it's a
0: dark blue, maybe, or black. Ooh. discount for (laughs) you and me, Travis. And then, you know, we've got the t shirts and the hats, and then the blaze orange quarter zip, full blaze orange kind of fleece quarter zip, and then the black with the um, blaze orange arms. That's very fetching in the field, by the way. I got a lot of compliments in that. In oh, you've been wearing
2: it. Oh yeah, I repped and, in
0: Montana. And do the birds like it? Oh, not only the birds, the the other hunters the in the field. Well, I didn't see many, but sure. one guy, one guy at the hotel said, "Ooh, I like that shirt." I go, "Well, they're
2: available on the
0: Flesh website." <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs>
2: what are you going to do with all the all the millions of dollars you make off of the apparel? You you giving it away? Are you buying another lodge? Somewhere for us no, to go. Hunt? The 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 profits from the merchandise we've talked about this. It I goes know. Back I to, know. I'm just. This back, is yeah, me yeah, getting yeah, you yes, an know, opportunity to say that it goes back it to up, Pheasants Bill. Forever,
1: Bill. Yeah. I'm teeing it up. You think him. a radio guy would understand? You would this. think
2: I'm just
0: setting him up perfectly here. I appreciate that, Travis. I do. And 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 actually, the profits from the merchandise sales go to Pheasants Forever, our friends at Pheasant Forever. Mm-hmm.
2: See how easy that was. <laughs> See how easy that was to just get that out there. <laughs> no. why are you laughing at me is he <laughs> doing don't...
1: emails too I know
2: what is he th- oh, I'm, I'm are you going to be a part of this Bill should we
0: just do this I'm now? going to the website so I have the right color
1: he's, che- think he he's checking the counter to see how many are being you sold right now
2: have... ding, ding. He, he, oh put your glasses on here he's got to try to figure out you think he would have come prepared I well I didn't know you. you're, you're... Ask me questions I, I wasn't prepared well, for. I didn't prepare you either of you, actually. I appreciate you both making time for this. Here's the deal. I was not planning on doing this podcast today because I was just in North Dakota a few hours ago, and I was anticipating recording a podcast with Marilyn Vedder and her husband Clyde. Marilyn's the president and CEO of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, and I just spent the week with her out there. But um, if you don't live up there and you haven't seen a forecast lately, winter... Win- <laughs> has just set in, and it was, it, we were there. We watched it, I have I have seen snow for the first time this year, and um, we drove out of it to get back here, but the weather just really dictated everything we did this week, and it made us drive to different places and, and took a little bit of our week's plan and cut it into half, so I didn't have the chance to sit down with Clyde and Marilyn and... and do a podcast out there, and so I'm like, Well, I'm glad
1: we could be your backup.
2: I know. I'm like, Who else can I sucker mm, in? Who's left? Who's left?
1: No, <laughs> they didn't answer that Friday on a <laughs> 1:30 on a in the Friday, afternoon. A 1:30. They, they didn't could. answer,
2: but I honestly haven't seen either of you guys in what feels like a month. It's been weeks, it's yeah. been weeks. Scott, I don't know what the hell you've been doing. Bill and I have been working our butts off, filming <laughs> t- TV shows. Have you Hallelujah. have you, you filmed any TV shows? Filmed any TV shows? Well, Scott? I've I- been prepping. <laughs> I've been "Um, prepping.
0: I've been doing some scouting and background work, um, shooting practice, which is big. Sure. Anybody who saw the late season North or South Dakota hunt knows I need a little practice. So so I've been prepping. It's kind of all work in our genre trap.
2: Well, hey, write that down, Bill. It's all work. Prepping where? I'm going to go prep next week and the week after then, I think. it's all work right bill you've got television uh content in our studio here i have content that we've been busting our butts out there to get
1: to steal your line we've been keeping the lights on yeah we haven't been been home
2: much
1: last wednesday i came home got home dumped everything out of the back of the truck into the outpost i had a pile stacked up loaded that back in and
2: we should Went be over there right now with the, with the fire going. Ugh. If we would have been planning, the place, planning, would, the place been... would
1: burn down. It's stuffed to the gills. There Come are on. wall tents hanging. There are shotguns still in cases, random shells, pots
2: and pans from camp. I mean, well now you got that beautiful Luna Greeny mess. case. You can get your stuff together. Those are beautiful, by the way.
1: I just need to figure out how to do the locks.
2: How to take your gun apart? I got that. Okay. okay. Like Rob
1: Burrell, my gun is not rusted together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's
2: true. That <laughs> true, is true story. Uh, but he's not here to defend himself, so actually go ahead and rip on him all you want. Let's see. Where do we begin, gentlemen? Where shall we begin? I just came back from, from, like I said, North Dakota. Um, prior to that, oh, my goodness, I have hunted pheasants in Minnesota. I had, I think will be my greatest, hunt of the season has already happened. The best memories that I could possibly have made. You, I haven't talked to either one of you about this yet. Um, So we can start with that if you want. Let we'll talk about me. Yeah, let's talk about, really about you. Like about, let's talk to, talk this is this? your podcast. It's, okay. Well, I
0: usually ask the questions. Okay, so let me ask you the question then, Trav. Okay. So tell me about your greatest memory from this <laughs> one. Oh,
2: you see how I teed
0: him up, Phil? I really want to know. This is professional
2: work right here. <laughs>
0: Give, I heard Scott, you, give yourself a raise. I heard you had a great <laughs> hunt. I want to oh, hear all about it. Thanks First, for asking. Start where, where was this hunt?
2: Okay, so the last four years now, we have gone up to northern Minnesota where I deer hunt and grouse hunt with my buddy, Matt Hennon. And this has just become one of my favorite places on earth, and it's now become the favorite place for several of us buddies and our kids. In the last few years, we've done a kid's hunt over MEA weekend because in Minnesota, kids have school off Thursday-Friday, And there's a youth deer hunting season that opens up. So if you're 10, between 10 and 16, you can go deer hunt during the special youth season. So my nephew came last year. He was 10 and got his first deer. But we also hunted for grouse and waterfowl and woodcock. And this was last year. Well, Now, we had all of the success last season. So we had more people. So this year, we had eight kids. Wow. And there were five of us dads. In camp, so we get up there on a Wednesday night after work and um, get tucked in at you know midnight, 1 a.m. I cut Yikes. my head open. I actually passed out for a split second. Really? There. Yes, I felt it coming. I I'll show you guys the scars. I'm all beat up. I'm almost beat up as this dog curled up <laughs> over here in the corner right now. But so yeah, I passed out for a second. Blood just gushing down my head. Not not cool. But well, what's the story? What uh, happened? Ah, uh, well, okay. So I this this is a cabin in the woods and it's got a steel roof that hangs down. I backed my truck into it, and in the dark at twelve thirty one a.m. I didn't. See, it's pitch black.
0: Oh, you didn't see the roof.
2: I have a headlamp on because I'm unloading everything, all the kids' gear, all the hunting stuff. Because you get so yeah, much ex- hunting yeah. gear, right? And so I put the bins on the tailgate, and then I to get down, I would jumped over them. When I jumped, my head went right into the steel overhang on the roof, Yikes. and it just basically sliced right across oh. my head. I felt it, and I was like, "No stitches." I heal like you wouldn't believe. Well, uh, I, I was we a didn't little... well, actually. So no, and I put my hand up there, and I just felt the blood coming, and I'm like, "Oh, oh no!" So I, I yelled to the only friend that was still awake, and I said, "I just I I like I needed a, a paper towel, quick." You know, so he grabs me a handful of paper towels, I put it on there, I just hold it for like 10 minutes. And then <clears throat> we got the blood to stop running. And I sit down for a second. I finally sit down, and I don't know if it's like the uh, I don't know the adrenaline or something is done, and we go to start cleaning it up and he pours this antiseptic or whatever. Oh, like we had our own first aid kit. Which, yeah, so all of a sudden like the Violated. burn the burn the burn and everything else, and like the just like came down from a high, and all of a sudden I was like Oh, I th- I'm oh, I'm getting lightheaded. I go, hold on to my shoulder for a second. I don't want to fall out of this chair. And then it went silent for a second. I woke up, and I'm like, where the hell did Ryan go? And I and I look around a little bit with my eyes, and then I'm like, oh, he's holding me up. <laughs> he was oh. standing behind me. And that's how I woke up. And yeah, so that's how our hunt began. Wow. Um,
0: I was going to say, I was a little worried when you said you hit your head on the roof of the cabin because... Everyone knows you're slightly vertically Easy. challenged. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that's a low roof. <laughs>
2: it is a low roof. I'm, I will never back my truck up to the front door ever gosh. again. Yeah, gosh. Anyway, so tell us about
0: the hunt. Okay,
2: now. yeah. So I've got we've got all these kids. And we're the next morning we get up and we're gonna go. My nephew's back and he's still the only one old enough to deer hunt, but we had plans made to go deer hunting that day, just in the evening. And so first walk we go uh, for sharp-tailed grouse because it's in a part of the state that has some sharp-tailed grouse. And we go into this and we've got got six or seven kids and all of us dads, and we get into this cover and um, the birds all of a sudden were out in the field and we saw some kind of fly away. We're like, well, we'll go over there anyway. And I'm trying to explain to them what it's like to see a covey get up because they've seen rough grouse, they've seen woodcock, uh, but they've never seen, you know, a whole bunch of birds come up from one spot. And I'm telling them what it's like. And, you know, it's just like, a lot of them will come right in one spot. Like you might see one and that be the one you go after, but be prepared. And, and we start with all these kids. We have a couple that have never done this before. And, and we start, we gather around, talk about what the dogs do, how they know that there's a bird there, what you'll see them do. And they're going to run and they're going to smell it. And the and the dog can smell 10,000 times better than you. And they'll smell the bird in the grass. And when they do, Daisy's going to freeze and, and point her, her nose right at it. And we're going to walk in couple of the older kids, like my son, he's hunted with her now, but the other kids had not seen this. So we Daisy goes on point, and we all come walking in, and the first covey just erupts. And it's just like, they have I mean, their hearts are pounding, and no shots fired. <laughs> and then we go another 30 yards, and another covey gets up. Oh. And I'm like, we all shoot, and we get uh, two of them. And, yeah, so we're on the board. And now it's like, that's it. It, when we have all these kids in the field, it's like, if we get one of something, that's it. Like, yep. we've done what we came to do. Now we stop. We take the bird. Everyone wants to touch it. All the kids want to feel it. They want to look at it. They want to understand it. You know, there's hair on the feet. There's web toes, all this stuff. This, would, this bird was here before anybody else was here. You know, we talk everything about it. They're feeling it. And then we say, okay, you guys want to know how they, what they're eating? Now we open up the crop. You know, and like, I've, you would not believe... Kids from 5 to 11 years old, huddled up, all looking at these birds, dissecting everything about them. And it's just like, that's it. I can go home right now. But we didn't. Because on the way back to the cabin, we stopped for rough grouse. Two of the kids got their first rough grouse. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so my nephew and then my, my uh, buddy Ryan, his daughter, Addie, she got her first rough grouse. And, like, we were celebrating like you guys would not believe that evening, we go deer hunting, and it's myself and my buddy, Dusty, and his son, who had never been deer hunting before, our other friend, his daughter, she'd never been deer hunting before, two of my boys and my nephew, and we all go out to this deer stand, <laughs> and it's like a little mini fish house, and this is you know, on the edge of an open field, and it's an alfalfa field, and there had been deer coming out, and you know, this is a big deal, guys. We're, we're potentially going to have a chance to see a deer here. And we had eight deer come out, and those kids scared the first five away three times, and they kept coming back out. And somehow, by the grace of God, another, we had deer walk right out in front. My nephew, we just we had target practice earlier again. He's a really good shot. Really good shot. One shot, boom, takes down the deer. And we all the kids go out there, and we've got a deer now. So we've got sharp-tailed grouse, we've got rough grouse, and we've got deer. All in the first, first day. First day. We're like, guys, we don't, I mean, this is, yep. drop the mic here. We go in for more hunts the next day. We do waterfowl. We get a blue goose. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So um, we've what got. What is with
0: that area and the blue ge- the snow geese and blue
2: geese? I mean, geese you're up. So? We're up by Canada. We're up a long ways, eh? And then we went rough grouse hunting and sharp tail grouse hunting. And my son, um, you know, the first time Daisy goes on point. Uh, In the woods, I walk in and I shoulder the gun and I drop a woodcock because I want them along to just everyone. I want you to see this Mm -hmm. so you know how quick it happens, how fast they are. My son has been hunting with me now a few times, as we've talked about. But um, my nephew had not done this kind of hunting yet. And we first start, the kids don't have shells in, you know, and gun safety is everything. Everything we preach is gun safety with these kids, and we bring them into the position. Now, okay, the next time we've got two kids, one on each side of Daisy on point, Bird gets up, and uh, boom, boom, Bird goes away. That's okay. They had their chance. Next one goes up, Weston just folds this woodcock. And I'm like, and he is just pumped. So Daisy did her job. She goes on point. We've got seven kids and five dads, <laughs> and like it's so thick, seven, but <laughs> we're 12, twelve people. Yes, exactly. And I mean, it's it just like, like a South Dakota pheasant opener versus a yes. woodcock. <clears throat> so my son got his. He got two woodcock and and a rough grouse off Daisy's points. Uh-huh. And I tell you, like I, I don't have to hunt again the rest of the year to have this be just the best season. I mean, so it, fun, so fun. Um, we. Cooked up one night, we cooked up deer. and Then another night, we cooked up all the birds. So we had sharp-tailed grouse, woodcock, rough grouse, blue goose cooked. I had three different recipes that I made so that the kids could all try different recipes. And there was not one piece of meat left mm. when we were done cooking. I mean, it, it's just like, it's hands-on my favorite weekend of the year. Four days, you're just exhausted when it's all said and done. I came back with, and I haven't uh, I haven't rolled down this sleeve to show you my other wound, but I am covered in poison ivy right now because I made a oh. terrible mistake, which I have a note here to talk about lessons learned. Um, don't walk in the woods with, your, with a t-shirt. No. It, well, I just, I don't know where I picked it up, but this whole week I've been trying to figure out how to kill the burn on this arm and not spread it to anything else. And I know what happened. I took her for one walk on Sunday morning, <clears throat> six days ago just before we were going to leave. And I wanted to check out a spot where I deer hunt and I wanted to see what the cover looked like and the habitat and things, if things had changed or whatever. And she goes on point, And of course I had my shotgun and I just had a t-shirt and my vest on. And of course I go in there and I you know, wasn't really thinking. Cause I, I, I like to wear a light long sleeve shirt, even if it's warm when I'm in that cover for that exact reason. I've had poison ivy a couple of times in my life and every time I get it, it's worse. And I think- see, I've, I've never had from, it. And and as much as I've been I grew up as a kid running around barefoot shorts and, and t shirts in the woods and never got it until like five or six years ago. Oh, interesting. And now, when I get it, it's worse every single time. So it's painful and it sucks. And I, it's a lesson that I wear gloves and a, and a light long sleeve shirt, if nothing else, than to just make sure I do not get poison. I have your poison oak because right now, if you guys looked at it, you'd probably throw up. It looks it's separate. It's
0: an old wives' tale, Travis. They say go ahead and itch it. You can itch it. <laughs> right, and
2: then touch your body. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend one time he had on his right arm, and he slept that night with his arm over his chest, and then he woke up with the exact same pattern <laughs> on his chest. And that's what would happen if I did that right now. <laughs> but anyway, so great times and lessons learned all from that kid's hunt. Um, enough about me for now. I do have more stories in more places because I've also hunted pheasants in Minnesota and North Dakota. North but, Dakota. but let's get to uh, Bill. What's your favorite moment so far of this season?
1: Hey, thanks for asking.
2: (laughs) I'm back
0: to hosting the show again. I'll ask the questions. Bill passed out too, um, but it wasn't from a cut.
2: It wasn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It was from the rum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. Uh, The Shirk boys were out for the youth deer opener this weekend as well. Uh, We were with some pretty good mentors. There were deer harvested. Bennett Shirk um, took a just... Gigantic doe the first evening.
2: Nice.
1: And first year for him?
2: Yep. First year. And then. Was he shaking?
1: No, he was in control, which is why
2: he hit it. No, but after the fact. Of after course. you shoot yes. yeah. Just like the adrenaline. He,
1: he had a blast. Same deal. All the kids had to come and see it and uh-huh. touch it and take all the photos. And then when we uh, started gutted out in the field, they all ran for cover. Um, <laughs> Brady, that same night, was hunting with me, and he, you know, brotherly love, they have to try and one-up each other. Of course. And what you find about deer hunting at that time of the year, everything seems to happen in the last four minutes of legal shooting hours, right? Just They just come out of nowhere. So with, like, four minutes left to the point where you can barely see using field glasses all of a sudden i see a deer moving right towards us i said brady it's a buck and that thing comes into eight yards
2: eight that's the distance in this room right here
1: turns broadside starts just chowing i'm like brady it's a little buck that's perfect and he just looks at me with the eyes and says no he couldn't do it all he knew at that point was Bennett had shot a doe that was really big, so Big Brother thinks he's got to shoot something oh. bigger.
2: So he wanted a bigger buck. Was and, it, was and it by, the body size that he wanted? And by
1: Saturday, he was realizing what a mistake. He <laughs> <had>. <laughs> hey,
2: that's the beauty about the, uh, being out in wild places. Yep. They teach you better than uh, yep. us parents can ever teach.
1: But the week before that, or the days before the youth hunt, we were up for a flush episode on the Canadian border. Scott Sorensen, who is a rough grouse and uh, woodcock guide out of Grand Marais, Minnesota, owner of Seven Lives Mm Ike, one of my all-time favorite dogs, and our good friend Paul Veith, we had talked about doing a through hike hunt up there throwing backpacks hit you the border route trail or the superior hiking trail but here's what happens for our shows scott calls me four days no three days before the hunt and says i'm just gonna be honest i've transitioned to a two-year-old and the dog is a mess it is wild flushing everything i just want you to know that it's a mess And, of course, as part of the show, people like to see dogs work in the woods, pointing. Our photojournalists sure like pointing dogs because it gives them a
2: hot chance chance to actually
1: see a grouse or woodcock in the woods. So um, we went to a backup plan, and uh, I'm not going to tell you who or what, but we had a special guest come on in who said, I think I can do this. Cancelled his work, got his backpack packed up, brought what I would argue is one of the top two or three dogs we have ever hunted with in 20 years of the flush. And, oh, my gosh, did the birds put on a show. Yeah. First day was slow, but we had a hard frost that first night. Hard frost. And the woodcock just appeared. Appeared.
2: Mm Now is a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested. Maybe it's time to try a new recipe, sprinkle on a new seasoning, or make your own jerky and sausage. Trust me, it's not that hard to do, and it can be fun for the whole family. It doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it. Walton's has you covered. Walton's has everything but the meat. That's their motto. Waltons.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called MeatGistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Waltons.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends.
0: A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grainbelt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shots stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stalk. May your call to the wild be answered, and at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight-pointers and the 12-ouncers. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited-edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12- and 24-pack cans. For more information, visit our website
2: at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. A healthy dog is a happy dog, and a dog's optimal health ultimately starts with an optimal diet. That's why I trust Nutrisource Performance dog food to keep Daisy healthy and running to her full potential. Nutrisource now has a full circle feeding plan that can help your dog achieve their full potential too. The full circle feeding plan revolves around their entire lineup of Nutrasaurus dog foods that contain their Good for Life system. The Nutrisource Good for Life system is packed with probiotics, prebiotics, and proprietary minerals that work together to support your dog's heart health and gut health. By combining this system and all of their dry foods and wet foods, You can rotate carbs and proteins like chicken, beef, fish, and lamb to meet and exceed your dog's needs and accelerate their natural desire to eat. Plus, their toppers like kombucha add even more health benefits for our dogs. Learn more about Nutrisource Dog Foods and the benefits of their full-circle feeding plans at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. And it's been an interesting fall because typically that, like... I don't know. I mean, it's weather dependent, and, and that's a big part of it. But typically, there's a big push of, of woodcock in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan in early to middle October. And this year, I have had friends hunting in northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, and they're like, the woodcock are not here. Right? They have not shown up yet. Right. And I experienced that too on some of my hunts, so that they just I get it one here or there, but not like it happens when you time it right. Because you can have just steady action with Woodcock from the moment you start to the moment you end if you time it right. So I know, obviously, right now the migration is on, if not past in some areas, it goes that quickly. You got in on it, you timed it right. It was unbelievable.
1: We, you know, we put up maybe half a dozen in our first cover that first evening. And we went back, we kind of, at the end of the trip, circled around and, um, we had birds flushing every ninety seconds.
2: Yeah, so we we actually and, got to watch it, and that was a cool thing about being up that same MEA weekend last weekend. It's I'm pretty sure it's kind of right in that time frame because we had a northwest wind kick in the the third night, and we were sitting in the woods after being on the hunt, and it, they they migrate at night in the dark, and so we're sitting there, and you could you could just see them going by at night up above. And in the headlights on this open trail, they would they would land on the middle of the open gravel road. On this, There's a long, long, long road that we take, and they were just woodcock-lined all the way along. I actually wow. stopped and got videos of them, but the kids got to see them just coming through in the dark, and it was so cool.
1: So here's a little trivia for you guys. How far does a woodcock fly once they start to migrate on average per night? Well, how much wood does a woodchuck chuck? Though? <laughs> if a woodchuck could chuck. I have
0: no idea.
2: Oh, gosh. I would bet it's uh, 300 miles. It's a pretty good guess.
1: 500 miles a night. Wow.
2: And so comes... some of those
1: birds have come from a very long. Life. And that comes from a woodcock banding professional. Mm-hmm. So they tag and they track. Mm-hmm. I had no idea because in the past, again, we were up on the you know, southwestern shore of Lake Superior, and traditionally we've had hunts where we will not see a single woodcock up there, which has always baffled me. And I said, how can that possibly be? Because as they migrate south, they're going to come down along the lake on either the west or eastern side of the lake, so they have to be here. Well, it turns out when those birds go, a lot of them will go straight over Lake Superior.
2: Oh, yeah. Definitely.
1: Did not know that. So say that again. 500 miles a in night. A, a night. One night. One night.
2: There you go. Scott, did you see any woodcock when you were grouse hunting in the woods this year? A couple we weeks ago? We
0: saw... One, well, I was there... Like the third weekend in September. So let, let's talk about me for a second. Let's, now, let's talk about me. Yeah. So I, I. I didn't even know he was
1: still here. I
0: have grouse hunted in Minnesota, pheasant or it, northern Minnesota, pheasant hunted in western Minnesota, and then bird hunted out in Montana. So to answer your question, we saw one woodcock, one, but there. Which is than, good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't see it. Congratulations! I, I don't like those suckers. Oh. So, I was, uh, but we saw a oh, lot of grouse.
2: Wait till I cook a woodcock for you. Uh, that's what everybody says. No, yeah. I'm serious. It you you've got to have a good recipe, and you won't pass up a chance ever again. All right, I'll I'll try it. I'll try it. I'm serious. But that it's the delicious. migration hadn't started. It yeah. was it
0: was late September and um, and there was still a lot of leaves up, but there were a lot of grouse. And I haven't
2: seen you for a month then, because I did know.
0: you get any grouse? Yeah, we got some grouse. We, we got and and that was the first real kind of grouse hunt Millie had done, and she it was fun watching the evolution. And she really caught on, worked the trail, flushed birds. So um, fun. Um what's that? So fun. Yeah, it was it was great. And and I wish you would have had one more. Day, we kind of had a day and a half, then we had to make our way back down, but we, I hadn't been up on the North Shore of Minnesota in many, many years, and it was spectacular. The colors were just coming out, and the trails, it was just great. And then home for a week, then the Minnesota Pheasant Opener was the 14th, so I drove out west Friday. Legends Lodge. Uh, Legends, Lodge. Le- Legends Lodge, yep, and then we hunted, opened up on a piece of state land that we actually filmed on last year, um, a lot of birds. Really? And, and we shot three off of that, probably could have maybe had a couple more, but it was it was just really neat seeing both hunters out and pheasants out. There are a lot of hunters, but that's great.
2: That was my question. Did you see a lot of competition on those places where uh, it became too many hunters, or was it just about right? It, uh, I didn't,
0: so I'll, I'll explain it, but uh, we went to one spot, and there were five trucks there. And I, my guess is it was either one party that was just kind of...
2: Everyone drove a truck to yeah, make it look busy. or, or yeah.
0: two parties. Yeah. Um, so then we went to this other piece, and it was wide open, and no one else was there. Um, we hunted a, a WPA, and there were, it's it was huge. So there was a couple cars on one side of it we went to the other side and you know got another three four birds and and um so it was very manageable when what i saw on saturday but i had to leave at two to come home for an emmy dinner that night
2: oh Uh, you went
1: yeah so we you know hey bill
2: did you win bill did win congratulations on an emmy Aaron
1: ochtenberg won and i was lucky enough to be along on that shoot the star of the shoot, yeah,
0: sure, yeah. So we we the we, um, to let people know, Ron Chair Productions was nominated for eleven regional Emmys. Um, Bill won our only. Bill and Aaron won our only regional Emmy, um, and it was great. Uh, so I rushed home, showered, put on a tie. My daughter and I went to the dinner, got home that night, got out. Notice up at- how you
2: didn't do your hair. That's no. a, that's the a beauty of us, Scott. We are always ready. I, I tell people, ready. I'm like, I, I look just as good in the duck blind, and I can be ready huh. for a wedding. That's right. In, in two minutes. Five minutes at the I did most. I didn't have to shower. Yeah, that was I have critical. I had to figure out how to do my tie again. <laughs> I know where it ties that up, but <laughs> no, it's usually I- you get the third try. That's when I get the length right. The length Otherwise, is the, the biggest What's piece. the non-fat side? What's the other side of it Skinny called? side? The, yeah, whatever. But I, it always hangs a little, you know? Yeah, you can't do I, that. Yeah. I can't do that, so I got to redo I it. I nailed it
0: on the first trip because I was actually running late. So <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. So then I get home. We go to bed. And at uh, 730 the next morning, I left for Montana. Wow. Um, so then we... My- You're living my- high on the hog, Franzen. And Yeah. I and I. and So to answer your question... I would have had a show in the can had my friends Bill and Travis not booked up all the shooters. I couldn't,
2: the, uh, Scott, dear old hey, Scott couldn't get a shooter from Montana. You should have been planning ahead of time. I did plan you ahead of plan time two and weeks you both bailed on the You no, bailed we didn't. on the hunt. You were trying to plan two weeks beforehand. No, 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 it doesn't no, work no. in this world. Uh, you it both is.
0: bailed on the hunt. Uh, so don't, what? Don't talk to
1: the hand. You know the one in the Winnebago?
2: I didn't, Bill. I'm gonna ask you every week. Are we doing the Winnebago? Are we doing the yeah, Winnebago? The Winnebago didn't come and what the I heard is, today. no,
1: I didn't get a Winnebago. And now he's
2: putting it on <laughs> 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 the email. Not a chance.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> what? But what?
0: I'll tell you this about my Montana hunt. You said you had one of your best hunts ever. That that my Montana hunt was top three for me. Ever. Why? Because I was with my two best hunting buddies, and it was just the two of us and our dogs. I saw the pictures. I know who you're out there with. And in a lot of times when you hunt with a larger group of friends, it's it's great. But then you're kind of acting as part guide, part this, this, yep. and yep. and when you hunt with your best hunting buddies, you have a rhythm. There's no questions about hey, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? It's,
2: Does somebody want to go back to the truck? Right. Yeah. You're all in concert. You're all in. Yes. Yeah.
0: And um, it was it. It had all the elements of a hunt that I love, which is a new place we'd never been to, um, a new uh, farmer or rancher we'd never met. that were They were delightful. Um, we had dinner with them twice, once out in town. They invited us over for dinner one night. Mom. New country and, and wide open country where we just didn't see a lot of people, which I love. Mm-hmm. And then there were birds. And, and, Bill, and doesn't it
2: sound like a yeah. perfect recipe for yeah. a television? Well, that's show what you get when you get
0: the scout. <laughs> I tell you, it's been a long time since I've been. You know, you get on a back country road somewhere, and you're driving around, and you're seeing coveys of sharp tails. There's coveys of huns, and it's mm-hmm. like, and you're not hunting them. You're just driving, and they're getting up next to the road. It's like we watched 18 sharp tails. Bump up, land on the road again. I was like, "Guys, go, cool. go away!" Yeah, and um, and so and I had a and, and to top it all off, the first day, two of us had trifecta days: so pheasant, hun, sharptail.
2: That's the beauty about that. When yeah. people ask, I, I say this on this show all the time. People ask, "Where would you go?" And I say, North Dakota or Montana, because of the three birds that you can get in one walk, or at the exact, you know. Same draw, really, <clears throat> and there's not many places that you can do that right without having to leave a field, right, and have different variety like different that. variety. Yeah, yep. so based on your previous Montana hunts, you feel like I mean, you granted you've never been to this place before, um, you know, but maybe in this general area, did numbers seem to be strong out there for what you'd seen in the past?
0: I would say for sharp tails, most definitely, um, and you know, Huns. Well, see, I, I I can't compare the Hun population to other places, but there were, you'd you know you were seeing Huns every day, and then cubbies,
1: not in cubbies
0: Cubbies, oh, yeah, yeah. and then um the the pheasants were kind of where there is water, and you know it's arid country and lower
2: bottom of the draws mm-hmm, type thing yeah yep, get a little exactly.
0: thicker cover some bushes brush yep. cattails maybe and then you'd find the pheasants and they're concentrated which is kind of fun. Absolutely. You know, you're shooting. You know, you're not just shooting a pheasant. You're getting doubles and things
2: like that. You hit on something, though. I think is is important to, you know, if you're going to plan one of these kind of do-it-yourself hunts and you plan on going with people, finding somebody that matches your drive, mm-hmm. your desire, your goals, maybe, or you know, they want to they want to be all in on it because you don't want to plan something and then two days in. Somebody goes, Gosh, I'm just kind of tired. I think I'm going to go back. And then all of a sudden you're like, Crap, I want to keep going. Right. Or, you know, they maybe they take the day off and, and then it, and it kind of takes, it spoils it a little bit, I think, for you. Um, or uh, playing,
0: you know, I don't want to say it this way because I love hunting with friends and people that are just beginning to hunt. Sure. I love yep. teaching and doing that, but it, you, it, um, you f- you feel a little bit of a burden to make sure they're having fun, they're seeing things. It's you your know, host, it's, not Yeah, hunter. it's the life of a, you know, kind of a, like a fishing or hunting guy. There's you love it, but there's a little pressure to that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no pressure in this type of thing when you're with your best hunting buddies mm-hmm. and, and doing it together.
2: Those are great. I mean, we spend a lot of time and we're giving you we're riding you hard about not having a camera with you, <laughs> but we spend a lot of time working or mm-hmm. having that pressure always there somebody's always watching and then of course the best moments are always your misses on right, camera right. when they're perfectly over your shoulder and I did it again in North Dakota too no you've been shooting well you said too well somebody talked about that and then cursed me and who was that I don't mean but uh <laughs> somebody else asked me like what are those uh, choke tubes you got and I'm like well it's a new choke tube made by kick choke tubes and like well you like them I go yeah, and they go, why do you like it? I go, because every time I pull the trigger, something drops. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? And then it was the first walk of the day. And you missed? I did. Of course I missed a after that. pointed bird? Yeah. Oh, Oh, no. yeah, totally, totally. I did get my limit, though. I that redeemed myself. That a boy. Yes, of course. But, it, I, I mean, I don't know. There's something about a pheasant, and I don't know what it is about a pheasant, but I continue to shoot behind him. Or on the body. And then yeah, you're yeah. I'm behind them. And yeah. I I had been just taking my time on all the other birds grouse, rough grouse, sharp tails, woodcock, uh Hungarian partridge, just pulling the trigger. I One agree. Bring back the bird. And then for some reason, and I don't know what it is, but I've been shooting behind pheasants the the first two weeks that I've hunted them here now. Crossing shots? Doesn't matter, Scott. Does it really? No, I've just like I don't know what it is. It's just uh, it's natural. Uh, huh? It's natural
1: My because
0: it's shooting. a bigger bird. Or? My
2: old shooting
1: coach used to talk about it. Baseball players get into ruts. It's the same deal. Yeah. Wait,
0: you had a shooting coach? I did. What the hell? A darn good one. Was his name Ron?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you hit the target or not.
2: <laughs> what did the shooting coach teach you?
1: Obviously nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: yeah, but what did you? What's Ed your big takeaway? Pre-
1: Ed Preckle. Oh yeah, I remember. One Ed. of the best of the best. But he talked about that. It goes in cycles. Yeah. It does. Right? Yeah. Golfers, it's all the same. Things go awry and then it goes to your head and you start thinking about it. The
2: second you think about your shot, that's when things, the misses seem to come. Yep. When I don't think, I just pull up and shoot. Bird goes down, Daisy gets it, comes back, and yep. keep going.
0: I had one, one instance where we we're, doesn't matter, we're pushing this area and we're all three spread out with our dogs and, um, and actually, Millie was between me and these two roosters get up. And I went boom, boom, double. And I'm like, and I and, and I'd been shooting pretty well up until then. I started out a little slow. Like you said, Bill, got kind of hot. And I'm feeling I'm I'm on now. I got it. So we we need one there. more bird. And we're walking out, and Millie works this bird perfectly. It gets up in slow motion in front of me, and I unload the gun, and nothing happens. And I keep watching, she's like, fall fall why aren't you falling That's and it's like it unbelievable up. and it's like
2: okay now i'm back i'm, I'm humbled again yep totally i gosh the first so I, t- I took a couple of gentlemen out in minnesota on public land here and it was a 70 year old's birthday nice. and so it was just a special morning together the two gentlemen and daisy goes on point and we walk in and i'm trying to explain what we're going to do here and um No birds get up. And I release her. She runs up 100 yards, points again. So we worked this bird 400 yards. Perfect. Bird gets up. Boom. And we celebrate, you know, and he gets his birthday bird. And I'm like, that's it. I can walk away. You know, I'm happy there. And um, on the way back to the truck, there's this big slough in the middle. And there was some water. And I said, guys, you can either go that way and jump on the road and walk back, or you can come on my side and come with me. And they were closer to the road. So they went that way, and both of them said afterwards, "I go, we never should have done that <laughs> because I had the dog. You always go all with that, right. yeah, yeah." So Daisy's running in front of me, and boom, she locks up, and I look over my shoulder, and they are so far on the other side of the water on that slough. I'm like, "Well, I guess it's just me and you, girl." And she goes in, and I I had been hunting all these gentleman like birds: rough grouse, woodcock, sharp tails, everything that holds. And roosters do not like to hold for a pointing dog; they'll run up. So. I release her. She runs up and points them again. And now we're right up on the edge of this uh, corn, standing corn on this blue stem. And they are in private ground in the standing corn. And Daisy's standing in the grass locked up. And I walk up by her. And all of a sudden I hear this rustling in the corn. And two roosters get up, two rows into the corn. And one flies to safety and one flies five feet over my head and goes back into the public property that I'm standing in and I unload my gun and didn't even come close to that bird. And I was just like, I, my first first shot at a, at a rooster all year is probably going to be my best opportunity. My easiest shot all year. And I just blew it. And I'm like, that is not the way to start. That Uh, is not. No, I was so mad at myself after that, but I don't know. But so it's you, still out there for somebody else. And you get chances to redeem yourself. Yeah, so that's yep. I've, I've redeemed myself a little bit. I've learned a few things, as always. I mean, I feel like every trip we go on, we learn something, right? So a uh, couple things that I will say that I've learned this year. Maybe you guys have something to add to this. I've talked to some friends, because I've hunted rough grouse a few times in northern Minnesota. <clears throat> and two things about rough grouse. Um, you can have a lot of birds in one area and not far away There could be few. And this I think really applies to all the upland bird species in North Dakota, Montana, South Dakota, uh, Minnesota even, and Iowa, all of the the bird country. And we can talk about those states in a minute, but um, rough grouse in particular, their numbers, people are just raving about them, myself included. I have seen a lot of rough grouse, had some amazing rough grouse hunts this year, multiple. But there's also bird numbers that are way down. So it's if you're not seeing birds, you can move. <laughs> you just have to move. And it might be 30 miles. It might be 60 miles. It might be 100 miles. I don't know. But there's a lot of birds to be had around rough grouse country, but they're not everywhere. Some reports have been terrible. And so people are like, you guys are all talk about how great it is, but I didn't see anything. I'm like, well, you're not alone. But that doesn't mean that we're lying because we're not. I mean, I've had walks where I've seen 30 grouse in... In two hours, three hours, you know, and I think that's great. Public huge. land, yeah, I really that's think huge. that's great. So that's doable. The other thing about rough gross hunting right now, there are a lot of wood ticks out there. A lot. Wow. And depending on where you are hunting, I talked to a friend, well, Tyler Webster yesterday. He, he doesn't hunt with an area that has a lot of wood ticks this time here. And he he's like, I spent hours picking the ticks off. I go, oh, my gosh, I, I should have warned you. I have a tick comb that goes with. And Daisy, I feed her tick medication, 365. It's not like during the spring. He As goes, do I. D-. He's like, well, and we had this conversation. Which I think is valuable for anybody bringing a dog up to the North hunt Woods. rough grouse yeah. in the Northwoods right now. I have seen ticks while there's snow on the ground. That's common. So come prepared. If you are going to bring your dog up and you're going to hunt rough grouse in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, I, I don't know where you're going to go, just know that ticks are still out in the woods, and I have picked hundreds of them, actually, off of Daisy already this year. The comb, I run it down. One swipe, I might have 15 wood ticks. It's disgusting, it makes your skin crawl. And it's not everywhere in the state, but there are places- seems like it's in the central hardwoods. I was gonna say, it feels like central Minnesota is just the epicenter of wood ticks right now. Deer ticks and wood ticks. Some of them are so small, you can barely see them. But just beware. That if you're coming up, come prepared. Well, and and I would add to that, protect yourself. Yeah,
0: because yep. that's I've had Lyme's disease once. I got a grouse hunting in central Minnesota, so
2: and and, the, the, and it ruins it for you. Cause yeah, because wild there you didn't want to go it's grouse It's like hunting. I don't want to go grouse because yeah. I don't
0: like get seeing all the ticks. And that time I had you know a yellow lab, and you could see them all over mm-hmm. the dog, and um and then I had them on me. But I will say we didn't see a tick up on the north shore where we were hunting. Bill, did we you? did Did you? Because yeah. we didn't see any.
2: I have not seen anything as bad as central Minnesota. It's bad. I would say from like, I don't know, if you're in... In central Minnesota, let's say rough grouse country starts about 50 miles north of the Twin Cities, yeah. all the way up to like Grand Rapids, Bemidji, all of that area is just loaded and with There are ticks. more even deer in ticks into, than
0: regular ticks. Yeah. Too.
2: And even into northwest Wisconsin, I mean, there's just a lot of ticks. So beware. I give her the monthly chewables, and I do it all year long because if you're going out grouse hunting, they're there.
1: Yeah, that's uh, good advice.
2: Also, the long sleeve shirt that I mentioned because I'm still battling against this. <laughs> uh, I got some like high-end steroid red cream to kill this poison ivy. It sucks. It sucks. It's, if you've never had it, you don't want it. I'm just telling you. And it can happen very simple. If you're looking for an awesome bird hunting adventure, then now is a great time to head to the state of North Dakota. Why? Well, this year, the state of North Dakota has reported that pheasant counts are up 61% from last year. The sharp-tailed grouse numbers are up 116%. And get this, the Hungarian partridge numbers have tied an all-time high that comes in at 200% above last year. I've already hunted in North Dakota this season, and I've seen these bird numbers for myself. Water levels are also up, which means the total number of wetlands are up. 76% above the long-term average. The state's breeding duck index was the 23rd highest on record this year, 39% above the long-term average at 3.4 million. All of these numbers mean that there are more ducks, more geese, pheasants, sharpies, and Hungarian partridge on the landscape. In North Dakota, you can experience an epic waterfowl hunter. In the peak of the fall migration, and have the best upland hunt of your life all in the same day. I know this because I've done it myself. Start planning your world-class hunt in North Dakota at hellond.com. If you're an active outdoorsman or woman on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Well, our friends at Aluma Trailers, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for all of your hauling needs, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma Trailers tow gear like a dream their trailers are constructed out of lightweight strong corrosion resistant aluminum and they are 100 percent maintenance free plus they come with an industry best five-year warranty visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day and now that app is available in our vehicles. Yep, Onyx did it. They launched Apple CarPlay. That means when you plug your phone into your vehicle you now have the option to open up the Onyx app right on the dash of your hunting rig. No more holding your phone while driving which is obviously dangerous and you get all of the same layers on your vehicle dash that you get on your phone. You can see the aerial view of your location while driving down the road, just like you'd see if you're using your own maps, apps, Waze, or Google Maps. Except now you can find out if the properties around you are open to the public, the landowner's name that owns the land. And if you're in North Dakota, you can see if that land is posted without even touching your phone. To use this feature, simply make sure your Onyx app is up to date. And if you're not an iPhone user, don't worry. Onyx is currently working on the same platform for Android phones too. Apple CarPlay, the latest incredible feature from Onyx Hunt. Always know where you stand and now where you drive with Onyx Hunt. The other thing, so I've kind of been mentoring a couple of new upland hunters, and we go hunting the first time. This was a month ago, maybe. We go into the woods, and it's wet in the woods, you know. And we just had some rain, and um, you know, we get out, and we're all wet. And I go into my bag, and I always have extra boots, and extra pants, and extra socks, underwear, and shirts. I have three pairs to change into. Always. I always have three pairs. doesn't matter where I'm going. I have at least two boots with and an extra three, three, two extra changes of outfits. One, if I'm wet after the morning walk and I still want to go hunt, which I usually do, I can change and I can go walk again, which I know I'm going to come back wet and dirty again. So on my drive home, I want to be dry. So I've got, I can change once and hunt again and be dry and then come back. And he looks at me, he's like, You think for a mentor, you would have told me about this. (laughs) I was like, well, I I guess that's just, I was trying to help you teach your dog and all these other things, but it's, it's my rule. I always, doesn't matter if I'm pheasant hunting. I mean, we had in North Dakota, we had a couple people come back with wet boots. You went over the top of your boots and I mean, that stuff happens in the cattails. It happens when, I mean, it's snowing, raining, whatever. Always bring three pairs of change if you can. That's good advice. Yep. You guys have any lessons that you've learned?
1: Hmm. Not a uh, whole bottle
0: of rum,
2: Bill. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, so with the grouse numbers the way they are this year, they are they have been fantastic for mm-hmm. us. There's just no other way to put it. It's been fantastic. This is the first time I can remember where you work through a cover and then you turn around and you work back through it and you put up quite a few birds. Normally we move through once, and then we're out of there. But it just seems like the way the birds have been this year, and I'm talking both grouse and woodcock, that we've been able to get them going both directions. And I don't ever remember that happening before. Hmm.
2: Something else to add to that, I'm guessing you guys probably have seen this depending on where you were hunting, but the acorn crop this year... Yes is extraordinary when you get a drought year the trees they drop a lot of acorns because they they know that they could be dying and so that's their way of continuing life so they've put out unbelievable amounts and if you check into your grouse they're most likely of them a lot of them have been full of acorns Correct. which you know, typically you're looking in that young growth. Well, acorns are often found in open areas, which is such a delight to walk. It is so nice to walk in those areas that are a little bit more open. Um, Just, you know, something that I focus on when I'm out hunting transitions, especially in the woods, that's a big deal. If you're on the edge of a swamp, on the edge of a woods, it seems like that's just where I focus. Daisy will tell me if, if we, want to go up further into the hardwoods, but really those edges are what I key on. It's I don't do a lot of trail walking, very rarely, unless I have 12 kids like we had when we were right. up north. But otherwise, I really get off the path. And, you know, when you're on a trail, you're, you're likely going to be going through a lot of different habitats. Old growth, young growth, f- fresh cuts, I mean, different transitions all the time. When I get to an area that's prime, like, these will go on point and it might be 150 yards over, and I'm working towards that. I, I focus a lot of time there. So, Bill, what you're saying, to go back, it's it's really spending. If you're going to walk for six hours and you're only going to be in the right cover for one and a half of it, I would rather spend six hours in the right cover and just really, really spend all of my effort there. And it usually leads to, like you were saying, 90 seconds between birds. And shameless plug. For Onyx, that's how it's changed the game.
1: Because oh, yeah, absolutely. You can download the map before the trip. You can literally stand in the woods and say, all right, let's look at this. Zoom in. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? 400 yards over here. Look at that edge. That looks exactly the same as you see there's some water over there. We got to go do that.
0: That's what, that's what we did for the spot in Montana we were looking at, for the pheasants in particular. We found the, the you know, coolies and the, and you could see where it was might have water and we eliminated hours of Correct. scouting and yeah. stuff in order to the do other do thing you, you could do, do right now tactical yeah. with with
2: onyx is you can look at the imagery that's updated so within the last two weeks you can see an image it's not going to be as crystal clear as the regular image that you see but what you can get out of that is hey is there water in this slough You'll, if there was water two weeks ago, probably gonna have water again. You know, um, but also are the crops out? Is that corn right. field still standing? Yep. Are the beans up? Yep. There's a lot of standing crops. I drove across North Dakota and Minnesota yesterday, and I would I'm surprised gu- by that. I would guess that over rain. yeah over. I mean, it felt to me. Like, over 60% or 70% of the corn was still standing. I'd agree with that. And I would say 30 or 40% of the beans were still up. That's a lot of cover for those birds, and that really changes the game, which means what for the rest of the season?
0: I don't know, because they're going to have, you know, North Dakota, you just said, they just got a bunch of snow. So how late are they going to be now getting that corn out? And I think western Minnesota is a little better, but... um, yeah, it's going to change the game. If I if I could add something that I learned. I would love for you, Scott. I, I will You don't even
2: have to raise your hands. Raises my hand. hand. He raises We're in the hand. podcast room, <laughs> and he's sitting with Amanda. Well, I, I just want to be polite. Scott Franson, go ahead.
0: I, um, my experience in Montana, uh, not with my hunting buddies, but just um, at the hotel we stayed at and then the rancher slash farmer we met, reaffirmed my faith in the hunting community and the landowners they were we met several bird hunters at the hotel everybody was friendly everybody chatted about you know what they were seeing what they were finding hey how's the dog going there's dogs running around in the parking lot or coming in and out of the hotel and the landowner that um, we had um, a direct introduction to was just phenomenal and The other thing I'd say, I didn't necessarily learn this, but it was more of a reminder as to why some landowners may say no to hunters sometimes, even after they've said yes many times, is he told us a story about a hunter who he had given permission to hunt on his land, um, came back and was uh, giving him an earful because he'd given him permission to hunt it a year before. Well, he came back. The next year, and went and hunted it without asking. Oh, and boy. in the meantime, a current hunter had asked permission, gave mm-hmm. him hunting, and he came back and said, "You gave me permission to hunt last year." And he goes, uh, "Well, I didn't give you hunting permission in perpetuity." Yeah, and he was bent out of shape about that. And that, how dare he? Right. And and but that's unfortunately what happens sometimes with certain hunters. And if you knock on doors and are lucky enough to get permission. I would assume it goes without saying is it's not in perpetuity. Right. You ask you ask the landowner the next year if he is he or she is gracious enough to let you hunt if it's okay.
2: Right. I stopped at a farm that I had hunted over 20 years ago in North Dakota, and I just wanted to know if the gentleman was still still owned it, still alive, still owned, owned it. He's 80. He's doing great. He had a big smile on his face. He never posted his land before. Um, and when we hunted it, it was always open to anybody, but I did notice that there were signs up. And so I asked him, I said, uh, I noticed that you got your, your land posted, he said, yeah, I've had some, some pretty bad stories about some hunters here. So we've had to post it. He said, we still will give permission, but we would want to talk to people that come first. And I said, totally respect that. And he, he mentioned one story about his daughter was out deer hunting and somebody was hunting the other side of the field. And he said, they They put the scope up to look at her through the scope on the rifle. And he's like, that's just not okay. Uh, And then there was another story about shooting pheasants that came into their farmyard. And he's like, the law is you have to give, I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's 400 feet in North Dakota.
0: For a building. For a building site
2: that's lived in. But, I mean, he's like, "We we have workers here. We're harvesting. And... We just cannot have that. No, And don't do that. Right. I mean, it's a pheasant. We all want it. But don't do it. Right. If you think about it for half a second, choose the right answer, even if nobody's looking. Well, gosh, would
0: you want someone walking through your yard at home with a gun shooting
2: birds out of your trees or something? Come on. I know. I know. But. There are still landowners that will give permission. And did you bring them any treats afterwards, Scott? We
0: did. We we well we we brought them.
2: Gosh, I'm just teeing s- them up to look we like brought a great them guy some all gifts the time.
0: Ahead of time, and then we took them out to dinner at the steakhouse, and we closed it down. We we're the only ones there, and we the nice. were just finally like, "Hey guys, you're know, you gonna leave." And then they said, "Well, this is great. You guys want to have dinner at our place tomorrow night?" So when we were done hunting, we walked in and. Uh, Michelle made a wonderful lasagna for us. It was delightful, just oh, delightful.
2: That's fantastic. Well, I'm going to save the my North Dakota adventure for the TV show then. Yeah. Enough about me. Um, enough about you, Bill. Scott, There's never enough look, about you me. look great. Thank uh, you. You look view. good, too. Thank you. Appreciate that. Is it my hat? Yeah. My flush hat? It's still the olive green hat. It's still my, my number one.
1: Scott, do you remember what Travis said before we started this podcast?
2: Know, 30 minutes. We're going to do this in less than 30 minute. minutes. Well, yeah, we had I had mean, a lot to catch up just, on. Though we, I hadn't seen you guys in a month. It's honestly, as soon as I lined this up, I said you both committed. I'm like perfect because I don't know where the hell you've been. I know, <laughs> I know. Scott, are you gonna go back to work anytime soon? Well, I'm going hunting on Sunday. <laughs> are you really where? North Dakota. <laughs> Come on, is there a camera going with?
0: No. <laughs> no. no. Shocking. And now suddenly he's going I'm, scouting again.
2: Yeah, scouting again. Yeah. Are you gonna scout all year? There's some scouting, uh,
0: something. No, uh, in two weeks. The plan is to be in Idaho filming. Okay. Uh the week, not next week.
2: You say it with like a you're not well, sure. I have <laughs> trouble the
0: getting in touch with the guy Bill set me up with. So um I think we're locked and loaded. I just need a little bit, a few more details. Are you going to see Pat Cudmore? I am. Yeah. One but of the last he, cowboys. He's deer hunting, and so I haven't been able to get a hold of him. And I just need to uh sc- fine-tune a few things. Yeah.
2: Give him a quick up. Like, a, like a pre- prepare, Scott, for what he's about to see in Idaho. You're
1: going to see 3,000 flushing birds a day. You're going to have Pat Cudmore the entire day saying, oh, man, I'm just so sorry about this. The bird numbers are just so <laughs> poor right now. I, I just apologize. I apologize. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life. Honest, honest to goodness. People do not hunt Idaho quail. What do you they're, mean? They're a forgotten bird out there. No, they're not, Bill. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, they are. There are more people hunting chuckers in that state than there are hunting those quail. He did tell me the story that
0: someone he you know, because I guess the chucker hunting's been pretty good out there, shot mm-hmm. shot forty chuckers and they spelled out the word forty. You know, the number forty with the birds. With the birds, yeah. It wasn't one guy. Don't worry, it wasn't one guy. was a group of people, but they got they got their. They're limited hey, truckers. Have
2: you ever shot a trucker before?
0: <laughs> On a game farm?
2: Everyone's oh, shot yeah, a yeah, trucker, but, but they've never shot I've never a chucker. I've never shot one at a game farm, but I don't have a lot of game farm experience.
0: I, I, I. I they. It was like one of those hunts where they put the random bird yep, out. Yep, yep, know? yep.
2: So I, every time I go west, I want to live out west so much more. And I think we just keep sending Scott west <laughs> because we're going to open up Rancher Productions west. West is not bad. So I, I'm excited, though, to... To do
0: that and experience that, and I have Millie experience that. You know, the, I guess the other thing I'd say I learned this year is my dog is no longer a puppy. Millie's yeah. gonna lose she's, her mind. She, this is her third season, and she's always had the flushing part down, but there were four bird retrieves where they are cold. And my buddy, um, who's Griff, you know, points well and stuff, but they don't always want to go retrieve the bird. He's standing there. He's got his hat down. And he said, "Can you bring Millie over here? I got a bird in this vicinity, and it was, you know, find the bird, that bird, and five minutes she comes back with wow. the bird. She did that four different times. Wow, God, that's the best. That was the that's the next phase of of her evolution, and she kind of hit it. So I
2: don't know how they do it, but I don't I've either. had this I've had this overwhelming joy." hunting behind Daisy this year because she's put it all together just like Millie, she's put it all together I mean she is out there she's a heat seeking bird finding missile and she finds if there's a bird she will find it and and like she holds them and she's figured out the distance between grouse I mean she knows she can go right up on a woodcock she stays back on a rooster I mean just like she's very rarely pushing a bird And they're right there. And like she doesn't break until I say fetch. And there were times, like even two days ago, I'm in the middle of this cattail slough and I swore she was 45 yards to my west. And I shoot a rooster that lands 45 yards to my east. And there's a lot of other action going on more birds, more stuff's happening. And as we know, I'm not that tall, so I can't see over the cattails that I'm in. And everything is, it's (laughs) crazy. And I'm working my way over. I'm working my way over to where this bird went down because I'm like, there's no dogs here. I walked through this to push them out of these willows to go to Maryland. And all of a sudden, Maryland goes, hey, just so you know, Daisy's got the bird over here. And I'm like, what? She wasn't even a part of this. She wasn't even a part of this flush. She didn't even know there were... Multiple birds flushing east, north, south, and west, and I shoot the one to the east, and she's west, and she comes back, and I'm like, "It's God fantastic! Bless you. I love you so much." Because
0: because there's as we've talked about, there's nothing that makes you feel worse as a hunter when Losing you lose one. a bird. Yeah, and I I had a sharp tail where Millie, we didn't have the dogs out, we were pushing some small shelter belt, um, and we had seen we had permission to hunt it. We saw some sharp tails go in there. I dropped a sharp tail that landed in the field and then others are getting up and I'm looking, I shot and missed and I go to the bird or where I thought the bird is, it's not there. And I'm looking and looking. And so I went, you know, walked a quarter mile, to, to the truck, got the truck, brought her over, walked down there. And I said, dead bird. And then in the meantime, she plucked a pheasant and a hun, didn't get shots at him. And she's in the middle of the shelter belt. And I hear this and I thought, oh crap, she just ran into something. But it was that sound when they pick up a live bird that the bird makes. She comes out and there's the sharp tail in her mouth. Ah, I love so it. So it was.
2: Love it. I phenomenal. also was, uh, now as long as we're approaching an hour and 10 minutes, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were late to this, so I'm going to keep you late to yours. Um, I saw a couple of young birds that d- couldn't even fly this week. No way, pheasants? Yes, young pheasants. I had one run oh right my underneath gosh. me. And I grabbed Daisy as she was running by because I didn't want her to get on the smell of it. And I just didn't want to pressure that bird at all, but it was so small. So when
0: was that bird born, do you think?
2: September? Uh, It's hard to say. I I don't know, but it didn't fly. It never got up off the ground, and now there's a foot. 14 inches of snow there and oh, Marilyn wow. texts me she's like that little hen i said the strong ones always the young ones, or the, the young or the small ones she goes the runts always make it <laughs> <laughs> so let's hope the runs make it this oh snow i think will, will melt i sure hope it'll that's melt that's amazing i'm gonna be in south dakota taking lesson on his first pheasant hunt
0: well that's where you're going south that's dakota. my next
2: my next bird hunting adventure yeah, and we're filming that one, right? Uh, well, yeah, Scott. Somebody has to because, as yeah. we've seen, we can't right. always we can't all be scouting all season. Keep putting stuff in the can, Trav. That's yeah. what you're good at. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go, and I'm, I mentioned it on previous podcasts, but I'm really excited to take him to figure out where to go together. I don't know where we're gonna hunt yet. We're gonna camp to make it kind of a cool experience, nice. so we can cook up our birds back at camp. We're gonna be out on the prairie. I got permission from a landowner. To set my my ice castle yep. fish house, our camping rig, um, <laughs> on his property, overlooking kind of the... It's not Bill. I'm not like you. I don't put the teepee set up. I, I I glamp or whatever you want to call it. Glamp. Glamp. <laughs> I'm a glamper. I'm a glamper. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be out there, and it's I don't know what we're going to find because I've never been in this area before. But be that, to me, is what I enjoy about going on a real hunt. That, that's how I grew up hunting. Just like you, Scott. That's right. how we. That's how we grew up hunting. Many and days I think, you'd
0: go out and walk all day and yeah. maybe get a
1: shot. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Totally. But I have so much confidence in him to take that bird down because if he can hit a bird flying through the timber,
1: a,
0: yeah,
2: a timber doodle, a timber yeah. doodle. Yeah. You know, he. Well, maybe he'll be better at hitting roosters than I well, am. Well, you said the <laughs> roosters are harder sometimes. Well, yeah, maybe a, it's just he's never shot at one before. Yeah. So this will be a first for him, and oh, really that's be looking great. forward to that hunt. And then I'll figure out how many more I have to film to make up for the ones you didn't, Scott. I'm going to get them all done. (laughs) Don't worry, Trav.
1: Bill, where are you off to next? The ice rink. Oh, yeah. Tis the season. Hockey has started. Uh So three games this weekend that I have to coach, two others to
2: go watch. So, yeah, things are getting busy. Oh, they're always busy, such is the life of the man about the woods. My kids, I've got two in hockey as well. We've just got wait. tryouts this week, and then the other one starts on Saturday. Yep. Yep. I have oh, you guys are br- in the meat grinder. I know, we are in the love meat it. grinder. Yep. Absolutely love it. Yep. Hey. You can sleep when you're dead.
1: I do want to give one other piece of advice. You asked about what we've learned this A long year. time
2: ago, Bill. You're the reason this is gone way well, over an hour.
1: You guys just keep talking. <laughs> Hey, Bill, you want to hunt in the middle
2: of us? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just stay in between uh, us. Me the meat. <laughs> um, Subida. So when I was a little kid, the Shirk family had a place on the Ottawa River in a logging town called Fort Colange. And long before I was around, my dad had been trapped with my grandfather out on the opposite side of the river, which was more like a lake than a river at that point. But they had flat bottom boats and they had their smallies, and the weather blew up and they couldn't get back home. And they had to cook those smallies on a rock over a fire. And my grandfather was just absolutely disgusted that he had to eat a piece of fish without spice. So from there on after, he always kept a little vial of salt and a vial of pepper in his tackle box. So that has always translated to me in my tackle boxes and also in my vests. So on the trip up north, I was just blown away because I didn't have my little pouch with me. I didn't check and I didn't have it. So you're falling apart. I made sure I got it. But in that pouch, I keep celery salt. Mm -hmm. Several years back, I had Couple acquaintances in the woods teach me that the simplest and most effective woodcock recipe is simply woodcock with a little celery salt on it cooked over flame. Medium rare. And and no joke, Scott, you say, you know, you haven't enjoyed woodcock. I've I've had a lot of really bad recipes for woodcock too. Celery salt is all you need and it changes the game. So whatever you do. Go to the grocery store, get one of those little bottles, and just
2: have it in your kit. Can I add something to that? Yep. Get two of those bottles and add olive oil to it. So if you put a little oh. olive oil on it, on birds that tend to dry out quick, it holds in that moisture. Now you've got the seasonings. You've got moisture to it. Medium rare. And Ooh, I'll, I'll add one sun. more thing to that. You go with celery salt. You go with olive oil. Well, I got a, and, tw- and I got some- a 12 pack He's of beer in my house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're in the mountains in Alaska. Yeah, and where that's so have Grain belt. Yeah, no there kidding. What the pack? Pack. There yeah, should it's be grain Friday. belts piled up around here uh, right now.
0: Now you know who's, you guys are going to want to hunt with me. I'm the one that's yeah. got the fun in the back of my thing, pouch. The
2: other thing you can do is that same thing, Bill, the celery salt or like the, the Walton's Ultimate Walton's steak, the and Walton. roast rub. It goes good on anything, but it's just that olive oil and the little Walton's ultimate seasoning, but you just, you put it on for one minute, you turn it for Mm -hmm. a minute, and you take it off, and you eat it, and you'll swear you're eating filet mignon, and you'll never pass on a woodcock ever again. It is so good. Everyone I've ever fed it to, they're like, "Oh, whoa, I wish there was a bigger bird, because that's delicious. And I love it. One of the guys on the trip cleaned the birds, and he
1: did not take the woodcock legs. And we went back and made him fix that.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I made all the food for the kids, my bad. My bad. We had legs in one. I prepared legs one way. Prepared breasts this way. Then I did like the main course. So I had appetizers of different birds of everything. Like it's just there's so much goodness there. Why didn't you you...
0: cook? Why didn't you cook when we were all hunting together at the The shack last year? Yeah,
2: I. I, Huh? I was told. I tried to stay in my lane. I tried to stay in my lane, (laughs) which was just provide meat for the group. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow. MB <And be> entertainment. <laughs> we yeah, call exactly. you the butcher. <laughs> keep, Ron, keep Ron out of the way. <laughs> right, exactly. Somebody Rob's had to bring Brunson. Like, talk to Ron. <laughs> all
2: right. Let's wear, I think he's in Florida right now, isn't
0: he? He's on his way back. Yeah. <laughs> Is he on his way back? Yeah.
2: All right, gentlemen, thanks for humoring me for the last I'm hour. I'm sure it's good minutes. to see you. It's great yeah, to see you guys. It's good to see all of us. We've got to get together again sometime. Right uh, well, let's do a November recap because okay. I'm out the next couple of weeks, and I think you are when I get back. So, Scott, I might not see you again tomorrow. <laughs> december
1: i'll be out scouting
2: he's got i'm gonna scout but he said it's all work it's all, mm-hmm. it's you all heard work. that bill it's recorded it's on here forever
1: it's all
0: work
2: i'll tell him when i'm out next week on tuesday i'm scouting and it's work
0: and i'll test you too
2: i'm scouting too <laughs> good job what <laughs> are you seeing all right hope Meanwhile, you, I'll, I'll be hope you're walking
1: you're... around the office with scripts where's travis where's oh. scott yeah no kidding
2: all right we'll be back next week with another episode of the flush podcast